Good morning, church. My name is Peter. I'm one of the pastors here. And today we are starting a new series on rest. And we're going to be talking today about how we work and how we rest. So I want to start things off by just talking about how life is made up of times and seasons, and there are different rhythms to life. That if we want to live life well, then we want to understand some of the rhythms that come with life. Uh, for instance, when I was a younger uh, single man, my life had a certain rhythm to it. Uh, I would go to work, and then because I was single, I would just do whatever I wanted. I worked, and then I could just do whatever. If there was a spur-of-the-moment thing that came up, I would just take advantage of it. I didn't have to check in with anybody. I could just live my life the way I wanted to. Uh, and then uh, my life improved. I got a girlfriend, and the rhythm of my life changed. And so now after work, you know, I got to make sure I, I check in with my girlfriend. I got to plan some dates. I got to take some initiative. Uh, we're going to figure out the rhythm of getting to know each other. And then we got married, and then the rhythms of both our lives really changed because it's two people coming together. Now we're living together. We're trying to figure everything out. Uh, she's working. I'm working. We're trying to plan vacations. Well, when can you take vacation, and when can I take vacation, and how are we all going to make this work together? And then we had children, and then the rhythm of our life really changed because now we're trying to figure out how to bring order into the chaos that is our life with children. And so we got to set, okay, when is there going to be meal times? And we got to have bath times and we got to have bed times. And if you don't follow the proper order of these things, then things just get completely out of whack. And so uh, we had to learn and adapt to the new rhythm of our life. And so whatever time of life that you are in, there are rhythms to learn if we want to live life successfully. Well, as Christians, we know that God has created the world to follow certain rhythms. That there is a time to plant and there is a time to harvest. The Bible says that there's a time to grieve and there's a time to dance. And as followers of Jesus, we recognize that there is a rhythm to following Jesus. That as we're following him, we need to understand the rhythm of when we need to wait and wait and wait. And also the rhythm of when it's time to go, when we need to move, when we need to take ground. There's a rhythm to it. And we need to understand when we need to wait and when we need to walk. And what we are going to look at today is that there's a rhythm to when we're to work and when we are to rest. Well, have you ever felt like, man, life was going good, you're figuring out the rhythm of life, you, you're kind of navigating things successfully, and then your rhythm is interrupted? say, by a global pandemic, uh, because that's affected all of our rhythms. It's affected how we work, how we shop, how we go to school, how we connect with people, and it's had a profound impact on how we rest. I think that uh, at the start of the pandemic, there was a lot of talk of, you know what, I think this is going to be good. 
You know, God's just causing me to slow down a little bit. You know, I think this is just going to be, there's going to be some real benefits to just having a slower pace. You know, I got more time together with my family. But then after it's a year and months and months going on, you know, maybe our perspective has shifted a little bit on some of these things. And I think that for many of us, we haven't slowed down as much as we thought we would. I think that we're still busy. It's just we're busy in different ways. So we're still filling up our days. We're still jumping from one task to the next. It's just that now you're in and out of the office. Now your business is open and then your business is closed. And you're hiring people and then you're laying people off. And we're trying to adapt to the rhythms that are happening now. But are we still just as busy as we were before? You know, you're making appointments and then your toddler gets a runny nose, and so you have to cancel all of your appointments. But we still have a culture of work that is always on, always connected. The expectation that you're always available. There's always another email, another task that's to be completed. And it feels impossible to disconnect from our work. And we fill every moment of our days with podcasts and articles and the radio and TV and we take in more and more information as there's an endless supply of great content for us to consume. And in this pandemic, we've seen it impact our rest and where people are struggling with anxiety and stress, people having trouble sleeping, pandemic somnia. So the question that I have for us today is, are you better rested now than before the pandemic? When you look at your life, would you consider yourself to be well-rested? And when you consider the rest that you have, uh, how, what quality of rest are you currently getting? Well, in the evening, I doom scroll Instagram for about 20 minutes, and then I flip around on Netflix, but I never find anything to watch. And so then I just jump over to Disney Plus, and I flip around on there for a while, and then I go to bed. So before there was a pandemic, you had a certain rhythm to the way that you worked and rested. How are you doing before the pandemic began? Maybe there's some of us who really felt like, you know, before the pandemic, I was nailing it. I really felt like I had a good rhythm of how much to work. And then I was resting. But there's maybe a lot of us who are saying before the pandemic, you know what, I was, I was too connected to work. I wasn't getting enough rest. And then maybe there's some of us here, and since the pandemic has started, you've really managed to find the rhythm of, okay, I get how to do this. All right, I got to isolate now. I got to quarantine now. Okay, I got to cancel this. I'm going to do this. And you're feeling like, you know what? I'm making this work. I'm getting a good amount of work and a good amount of rest. But what we're seeing now is that as things are beginning to open up more and more, we're going to be entering into this next season and I think it's a great opportunity for us to stop and look at the rhythm that we have of work and rest. And what do we want that to look like going forward? And so I think this series, as we're going to be talking about this today and then for the next two Sundays, is a chance for us to reboot our rhythm of work 
and rest. Because we want to follow God's designed rhythm for working and resting. Because we were made, we were created to maintain a rhythm of work and rest. Now, if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open it up and join me at Matthew chapter 11. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 28. So if you've got a device that you can uh, open up your Bible on, I would love for you to join me there. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Because we're going to look at how the Bible shows us a pattern, a, a rhythm of work and rest and how they relate to each other. So when we look to the Bible, if we go back all the way to the beginning in the first two chapters of Genesis, we see that God created the heavens and the earth and everything on the earth, and he created for six days, and then Genesis chapter 2 tells us that on the seventh day, he rested. So six days of creating, and then a day of rest. And then we see that God, as he's laying out his commandments, his law for his people, in the book of Exodus and in the book of Deuteronomy, it shows us that as, he's, as we have uh, what we call the Ten Commandments, that included in the Ten Commandments is a commandment for God's people to work for six days and then to take the seventh day off. And so we see in the Bible this rhythm of working and resting. And what I want us to examine today is how it's in Jesus that we find the proper rhythm of work and rest. And I want to look at this in Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 28. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So Jesus invites us to come to him, and he promises us rest. And so Jesus has a theological rest for us, and Jesus has a practical rest for us. So spiritually, the longing of our souls is fulfilled in Christ. That we are saved by grace, not because of what we've done, not because of our work, but now because of what Jesus has accomplished. And so now we have peace with God, we can be at rest. We can have peace because of Jesus' work. So Jesus did the work, and now we can have this spiritual rest. Because we're at peace with God. We're children of God because of Jesus. And then practically, Jesus wants to teach us and show us how to work and how to rest. So when we go back to our passage we see Jesus saying, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That Jesus begins by giving us rest. But then in verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you. So Jesus is saying, I am going to give you rest, but then I have work for you to do. Because a yoke is what you put on an animal 
when it's going to do some work for you. So you take your bull and then you put the yoke on it. Now it's your oxen and you're ready to work. So Jesus says, I have rest for you and I have work for you to do. But the work, the yoke that I have for you to carry is not like the heavy burdens that you're bringing to me. My yoke is easy. The burden that I have for you to carry is light. And Jesus says, I will teach you because I'm humble, because I'm gentle of heart. I will teach you how to rest and how to work. So with Jesus as our teacher, I want us to look at the example that he set in his life. So Dallas Willard, a Christian theologian, he was asked for one word to describe Jesus. And he said that if he had to choose one word to describe Jesus, it would be relaxed. I love that so much. I love that when we look at Jesus in the Gospels, we see someone who is not worried. He's not in a hurry. He's not just rushing about from place to place. He is completely in tune with the rhythms of how to live an excellent life. And I want you to consider this. The work that Jesus came to accomplish was the most important work in human history. That Jesus, God's son, born as a little baby, growing up living a perfect life as an example for us, he came to the world to save the world. The most important work in human history. And so if we look at Jesus' life, theologians would tell us that his uh, ministry began when he was about 30 years old. It probably lasted about three and a half years. So from the time that he's 30 until he's about 33 and a half when he is crucified, that's the period of time that we see Jesus doing all of his teaching, all of his preaching, all of the miracles that he's going to do in this very brief window of time. And so if there was ever a person who said, you know what, I should be pulling some overtime. I don't think I can stop. I got to just keep going here. It would have been Jesus. Easily say, I got to redeem the time. Make every second count. And yet when we look at Jesus, we see that he is relaxed. And he shows us how to work and also how to rest. So Jesus gives us the example of resting. And so we see in the Bible that he spent the day teaching, and then he got onto a boat with his disciples, and right away he lays down in the boat, puts his head on a cushion, and he is out cold. He is asleep. And the disciples are in the boat, and there's a big storm, and all the disciples are awake. They're all flipping out, and there's Jesus completely at rest, relaxed, asleep in the boat. We see Jesus do the great miracle of feeding 5,000, and then he sends his disciples away, so that he can have time by himself to rest and to pray. When Jesus traveled, often he would find friends in the places that he went to, and he would sneak inside their house and just try to rest and have some time with them without all of the crowds and the people around. 
And when Jesus would go to Jerusalem, often he would spend the day in Jerusalem, in the big city, and then at night he would go to the town of Bethany, and he would spend the night there with some friends and just a, a quieter place where he could rest. And in fact, in the final week of Jesus' life, in what we think of and celebrate as Holy Week, and we think of the events, the Gospels lay out very clearly what Jesus was doing on the different days. So we know that he had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That's on one end of the week. And then we know on Good Friday, he was crucified. On the day before Friday, on Thursday, he had the Last Supper. And then on the day before Thursday, on the Wednesday, the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus was doing. We know what he was doing on each of the other days, and theologians would tell us that that's because on the Wednesday, just days before his crucifixion, Jesus took the day off. He was resting. He wasn't preaching one last sermon or teaching people or doing just a last handful of miracles, but he was at rest. And so in Matthew, when we read that Jesus offers the invitation to us to come to me and I will give you rest, Jesus offers us rest because Jesus knows the importance of rest. And it's in Jesus that we find the proper rhythm of work and rest. Now, if we go back to the Old Testament, we can see in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, where God is laying out the commandments, he's going into detail. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, he goes into great detail about the Sabbath. And he says what his people can do and cannot do. He's closing up a whole bunch of loopholes of how people might try and get around it. And so he goes into great detail in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And then in verse 15, it says this. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt... But the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. And that is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. And so in the Old Testament, God's people would rest on the Sabbath as a reminder of how God had delivered them out of slavery in Egypt. And now for us as Christians, because of Jesus, because of the work that he has accomplished, when you and I set aside time to not work, but to rest, it is a declaration of faith and trust in our Lord who has saved us from sin and death. So God's people in the Old Testament, they had the Sabbath to remember their deliverance from Egypt. And for us, when we set aside time and rest, it's a declaration of faith, of saying, God, I am resting in the work that you accomplished, that you are the one who saves me. It's not my work. You have already accomplished the greatest work in human history, so much greater than anything that I can accomplish in my work. And so I can take this time and rest, and it's a declaration of my faith and trust in you. When we live according to a proper rhythm of work and rest, it is an act of faith. And so when I tithe, when I give 10% of what comes to me and I give it to God, I'm saying to God that I trust that God can do more with the 90% that I keep for myself 
than if I had 100% on my own. And when I take a day of rest, I'm demonstrating that I trust that God can do more with the six days that I have to do all my work and all the things I need to accomplish than with seven days of working on my own. And ultimately, it is in Jesus that we find the proper rhythm of work and rest. So it brings us to the question, how do we do this? How do we rest when we're so busy, we're so connected, there's so much going on? How do we really, truly rest? Well, Mark chapter 2, verse 27, all throughout the New Testament, there are Pharisees, there are religious people, and they are coming to Jesus, and they have all sorts of questions about the Sabbath. They're always trying to catch Jesus in something that they think he shouldn't be doing on the Sabbath, healing people, helping people, all these different things. And so Jesus answers them in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, and he says, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So in the Old Testament, the Sabbath was very important. God put it in the Ten Commandments. And if you didn't follow the Sabbath, you were put to death. It was one of only a handful of laws, commandments that had it, the death penalty. And there's examples in the Old Testament of someone being stoned to death because they did not honor the Sabbath. But Jesus shows us in Mark 2.27 here that the Sabbath was made to be a blessing to us. That God wants us to take a day off. God wants us to follow in his example. That he worked and created for six days and then he rested. And that is what he wants for us. But it's meant to be a blessing to us. It's a blessing that God wants you to take a day off. And so now for us as Christians, we follow the principle of the Sabbath. So how do we do this practically? I want us as a church, could we be people who schedule time to rest? Could we take a day without doing your job Without doing your side hustle, this isn't like, oh, it's my day of rest. I just delivered, skipped the dishes for four hours. It was great. Can we schedule time to not do our work, not check our work emails, not swing by the office, but to rest? Maybe you like to play golf. That could be your rest. It's, it's an opportunity to practice a hobby, to do something you enjoy Something that makes you feel relaxed. Do you like to hike? That could be your rest. Maybe it's playing video games with your friends, sitting and reading, gardening. Maybe you love shopping, and that is restful to you. There is a uniqueness to what our rest will contain. But scheduling time to rest is like scheduling a date night with your spouse. I mean, sure, my wife and I, we are around each other most evenings. But there's some intentionality that goes into a date night. 
Now, nothing short of an emergency is going to interrupt my date night with my wife. And I am challenged to have that same attitude when it comes to scheduling time to rest. Now, I've learned for myself that one of the most restful things that I can do is to go for like an hour, an hour and a half to a used bookstore. To me, that is just a little bit of heaven. I want to go to the sections that I like. I want to take my time. I am not in a rush. I want to look at every single title and author. I'm going to go through book by book. I'm going to move incredibly slowly through every shelf. And I'm going to be looking for the hidden gold. Man, this is a first edition from 1984. Oh, you don't even know what you have. You're selling this for $4. Oh, this is gold. Now, that might sound like torture to you if you had to come with me for an hour and a half as I'm slowly just looking at books. But that's my rest. Your rest gets to look completely different. So there is a uniqueness to what we're going to do for our time of rest. And there is a uniqueness to when your rest is going to be. We don't all work the same days. And so your time of rest could be on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. Maybe for you, as a a baby step, first steps you could take, I'm going to take this evening. I'm going to take this hour. I'm going to schedule this time. So we need to schedule time to rest and view it as important. The Old Testament shows us how important God saw this to be. The reason there was a death penalty, the reason it's in the Ten Commandments is because it is very important to God. And when we schedule it, we show intentionality that we're taking this seriously, that we recognize God sees this important, and so I am going to see this as being important as well. So are you taking time to rest? I think that oftentimes when it comes to the ideas of Sabbath or rest, As Christians, we can get really caught up in judging other people's rest. Michael, you can't go hiking as your time of rest. That's too strenuous. It doesn't count. We can get too caught up in what other people are doing for their rest. And I think the ultimate key for us here is that Jesus says that the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. And when Jesus is the Son of Man, that's how he referred to himself. And so in our passage in Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and I will teach you. I'll teach you how to work. I will teach you how to rest. I have work for you to do. I have a yoke that is easy. I have a burden that is light. And I will give you rest. And so when we have questions about, well, can I do this or can I do that? Let's go to the Lord of the Sabbath. Let's talk to him. Let's look at his word. So, finally, I am am not here to judge your rest. But I I do want us to consider, as we're going through this series for this week and then the next two weeks, I want you to consider what you do in your free time. I want you to think about your relationship with technology. Could you schedule a day without your phone? Or does that just seem impossible? Would it be possible for your family to have a day without any screens? Could you take a week out of the year and not turn on the TV for an entire week? 
And not because somebody is forcing you to or I'm going to come to your house and check and see if your television has been turned on. But just because we're looking at our relationship with this technology that we use and what we're doing in our free time and the quality of the rest that we have. Could you make room for quiet in your life? You know, as I've been preparing this message, uh, this is the number one thing that's been jumping out to me is that I love to fill up my day with, I listen to audiobooks, I listen to podcasts, I got sports radio on. I'm constantly taking in information. I'm looking up and reading articles, and it's all great content. I love it. But could I make room for quiet in my life? Can I turn off all of the noise for an hour, for a day, just to allow myself to think, to allow myself to listen? So I know the challenge of what we're talking about here. My wife and I are both working full-time. We've got three kids, eight, six, and two. Life is very busy right now. We just signed up our kids for outdoor soccer. Like, we're filling up our life with all sorts of things to do. And the idea of sitting down and trying to schedule a day to rest seems very difficult. It's, it's challenging. But I think if we can see the importance that God puts on rest, that we want to have the rhythm of working and resting, and then the grace that Jesus offers, that I can find the proper rhythm of working and resting. You can find in the grace with Jesus as your teacher, showing you how to work and how to rest, we can find the proper rhythm in our lives. Today, do you need a hard reset on your rhythm of work and rest? Do you recognize that maybe you need to reboot the rhythm of how you're working and take another look at the rest that you're getting? Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Maybe you're feeling burdened. Maybe you're feeling weary. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. Jesus has work for us. He has a yoke and a burden, but it's easy and it's light. And he said that he will teach us. And so today as we close, I want to invite you to close your eyes. And if you recognize, Jesus, I need you to teach me how to have the rhythm of working and resting. I need a, a reboot. I need a restart. I need to change the rhythm of working and resting. If that's you with nobody looking around, you just slip up your hand. If you're watching online, even just whisper in your heart and say, Jesus, that's me. I want to pray for us. Jesus, I pray for each person, God, responding to this. God, would you come and help us? We thank you for your invitation. We thank you that you say, come to me, that you will give us rest. You begin with rest. We lay down our heavy burdens. We give you our weariness and we accept your rest. Jesus, we want to take your yoke, your burden. It's easy. It's light. Jesus, would you teach us how to work and teach us how to rest. That we can be people of faith who trust in the finished work that you have accomplished. And so we can rest in the grace that you have given to us. Jesus, teach us and help us. We pray this in your name. Amen.
Amen. Finally, if you're listening to this and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, his invitation is clear. He says, come to me. That weariness you feel, those heavy burdens that you're carrying, you can lay them at the feet of Jesus. And so today, if you say, you know what, today I'm ready to make that decision. I want to bend my knee, make Jesus the Lord of my life. I know I need him to save me from sin and death. I need him to deliver me and rescue me from where my life is at. If that's you today, I just want you to, in your own heart, wherever you're at, just say, Jesus, would you come and save me? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Take my burdens. Take my weariness and give me the rest that only comes from you. And I can be at peace with God because of you, Jesus. If that's you today, I encourage you, tell somebody. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus, if you have received that rest that only comes from him, then you can come forward at the end. You can talk to me or one of the other leaders or somebody wearing a logo t-shirt. But we'd love to hear from you. If you're online, we'd love for you to connect with us. Send us a private message. Send us an email at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. But we would love to connect with you on this journey of following Jesus. All right, well, before we leave here today, here's, here is my final challenge to you. Can you schedule time in the next seven days to rest? Can you, even before you get up out of your seat, take a moment? Could it be an hour? Could it be an evening? Could it be a day? And be intentional to say, I am going to rest. I'm going to do something that relaxes me. I'm going to connect with God. I'm going to take some time. That's my challenge to you before we leave. All right, thank you for listening. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.